In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Children love stories, and children learn through stories. When my kids were little, I used to read them stories all the time, but sometimes when I would put them to bed, I would actually just tell them a story. I would make up stories sometimes, and some of them were kind of wacky, but the one that they remember, I just talked to my daughter about this. She still remembers it to this day. It's a story where I told them, once upon a time, there was a brother and a sister, and they went out to the edge of town to the old deserted house, and they wanted to explore and when they went in the house, they found it was not deserted. There was a weird-looking old man in there who looked at them and said, Do you know what I can do with these hairy hands and these ruby-red lips? And they shrieked and ran out of the house. And a week later, they went back, and he was there again, and he said the same thing to him. Only this time, the little boy turned back and said, No, what can you do with those hairy hands and those ruby-red lips? And the old man went, my point to the children was about fear. 90% of what we fear will never happen. I'm hoping they learn something from it. Jesus loved to tell stories as well, except his were better than mine. Jesus' stories are known to us as parables. And if you remember back in your confirmation days, you were probably taught that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And Jesus would use common everyday things that people were very familiar with to try to make comparisons to things that they weren't as familiar with, like the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, how God operates and who he is. So he would have a lot of farm examples like sowing and harvesting and vineyards and plowing and sheep and shepherds and livestock. And he had a lot of other examples too, but it was mostly everyday stuff that people were very familiar with. And then he would make a point with that. Now, Jesus' parables were not just amusing little ditties like mine were. Jesus' parables were complex and thought-provoking and oftentimes ambiguous. People would get, he would get done and the disciples and others would ask him, now what does that parable mean? They weren't sure. Jesus told these kind of ambiguous stories to make people think. He wanted them to be able to push aside what they currently thought about a subject and maybe entertain, entertain a new notion about it. He used his parables to knock down preconceived notions of who God was and what God should and shouldn't do and who he could love and who he couldn't love. Jesus used parables in a way, uh, one Old Testament scholar said, he used parables like a construction crew uses a wrecking ball. He used it to knock down existing notions of God. And so Jesus told a parable in our gospel lesson for today. It's a well-known parable. It's called the parable of the sower of the seed. And the story goes like this. There was a certain man who went out to sow seed. And as he sowed the seed, some fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it, and it was gone. And some fell on rocky ground. And it sprang up okay, but then when the scorching heat came out, it had no depth of root, and it withered and died. And some he threw out landed among the thorns and the weeds. And it came up all right too, but soon it got choked out by the 
other weeds around it. And some that he sowed fell on good soil, and it yielded, in some cases, 30-fold, in some cases, 60-fold, and in others, 100-fold yield. Now, generally speaking, people would have to think about this a while. But the disciples asked Jesus on this one, now what does that parable mean? And he said, well, this is what it means. The seed is the word of God. And when the word of God hits the path, that's like people whose heart is hard. And the, the word never even penetrates. It never even gets in. They don't receive it at all. And the seed that falls on the rocky ground is people who hear the word of God. They're all excited about it for a little while until tough times come. And then they realize, oops, uh, this isn't all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. There might be something bad still happen to us in life, even though we're a Christian. And the seed then that falls in the weeds is those people who hear the word of God, it, it takes root, but then they have so many cares and so many pleasures in the world that it just gets choked out. It can't last. And then there's the seed that falls on the good soil, and it yields a tremendous amount, 30, 60, 100-fold yield. And at that point, I thought to myself, you know, I know people in all of those four categories of soil. I know people whose heart is so hard from cynicism and anger and resentment that nothing can penetrate that. The good news, the seed of God's love and grace can't get through to that. Their, their heart is too hard. And I know people who are all excited about Christianity until something bad happens. And then it's like, well, we can't rely on that. You know, I thought Christianity was supposed to give you a pass on these things. And then they find out, no, we endure the same rotten things that the forces of evil bring that everybody else uh, goes through and experiences. So then they say, well, forget it. They're the people who today would be called folks who like um, the gospel of success or the gospel of glory. And they're not too thrilled about the gospel and the theology of the cross. And then there's, I know people who uh, heard, heard the word of God, received it pretty well, but they had so many cares in, in their life that they kind of forgot it, got pushed aside. They had so many pleasures that they wanted that, you know, whether it was uh, possessions or money or sex or fun or whatever it was, and it just got choked out. But I also know people who heard the word of God's grace and love and it took root and tremendous things happened. And that's the surprising thing in this parable. In Jesus' parables, there is oftentimes at least one or more surprising elements. And in this parable, the surprising element is the tremendous yield on the seed that falls on good ground. A hundredfold yield. Now, if you don't have farm background, that may not, you, you may not, see that, how, how bizarre that is, how amazing that is. A hundredfold yield. Let me put it to you this way. In Indiana, this would be small grain, by the way, not corn. That's a New World product. So it'd be rye, barley, wheat, most likely wheat. In Indiana, we would generally sow two and a half bushels of wheat per acre. And if we did that and got a hundredfold yield, that would mean a hundred times whatever we sowed. So a hundred times two and a half, that's 250 bushel of the acre wheat. And if you got that, 
you'd be on the cover of successful farming magazine and farm journal and every other farm magazine there was. That's tremendous. Even at 60-fold, you're talking 150 bushels the acre of wheat, which is a tremendous crop. Even at 30-fold, it's 75 bushel, which is eh, it's kind of fair, but it's a crop. You know, it's not bad. The tremendous yield there is, that's, that's what's amazing. Now, I look back, as I said, and I saw people in all four of these soil categories. And, and then I realized, I am all four of these people in the, se- in the different soil categories. There have been times when my heart is so hard that, that, that the seed of God's word could not get through. I was too angry, too cynical, whatever it was. There have been times where I've been all excited and then bad stuff happened in my life and I thought, well, where's God now? There have been times where I've been excited and then, but there's a lot of other pleasurable things out there that you can do and think about. And there have fortunately been a few times where the seed of God's love and his word to me has taken root and some good things have happened. In fact, not only have I been all the four of those kinds of soil, I, I might actually be all four of those kinds of soil in the same week. There's another surprising element to this parable, and that is this. The carelessness with which the sower sows seed. I mean, he's not using a 24-row John Deere planter. He's just, he's got a sling on, and he's splaying seed out in front of him by hand. And you can be pretty selective when you're doing it on that small a scale. But he doesn't seem to care. He's throwing seed around like there's no tomorrow. He's throwing seed around like there's no end to it, which there isn't. He's throwing seed on the path and on the rocks and the weeds. And some manage to fall on good soil, but he's not very discriminating about where he's sowing the seed of God's love. He's throwing it everywhere. And that's the point to us, too, that we don't have to hoard the seed of God's love and say, well, you know, I don't think, it, I don't think sharing this with this person is going to do any good. You know, it doesn't look like they're a very good candidate for Christianity. We don't have to do that. All we have to do is sow the seed. We never know what's going to happen. I'll give you an example of this. A few years ago, I ran into a woman at, at the hospital, and she said to me, do you remember me from being in drug alcohol treatment? And I said, oh, yes, I remember you, because she was a pip in treatment, I'll tell you. And she said, well, I just want, and she looked good. And she said, I just want to tell you, I have been clean and sober now for 15 years. <laughs> I thought to myself, you're kidding. You've been, you've been clean and sober for 15 years? We didn't think you'd make it out of the parking lot before you fired up a dube. So you never know what can happen with the seed of God's grace. She developed a relationship with a higher power, got God's power and his grace, and she was clean and sober all that time. You don't know. Our job is not necessarily to judge who is going to be a good soil candidate and conserve our seed of God's grace and only do that. Our job is just to sow the seed, sow the seed, sow the seed, and then jump back out of the way. Because if God wants to give a bumper crop, he can do it if we spread the seed right out on that parking lot. Sow the seed of God's grace and love. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
Amen.